Please open your Bibles with me to the Gospel according to Matthew. As we will read from Matthew chapter 28, the first 15 verses. And as we read this passage, keep in mind that this will also comprise our text words as well. So, Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 1. Hear God's holy and inspired word. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them, his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So far then, the reading of Scripture and also the reading of the words that comprise our text. Our congregation of the Lord, the media seems to thrive on stirring events. The more exciting such an event might be, the greater the impact, the more earth-shattering or the more calamitous, the more newsworthy it is. The presidential elections, they have come and gone, and the media has thrived on it. The pandemic is still with us and may still be with us for a little while, but the media thrives on it. Even over the last two weeks, when the Suez Canal was blocked by a 
large uh, container ship. Uh, the, the media thrived on it. The media just, just was, was astir with it all. Stirring events. And they have impacted us and will continue to impact us for the time to come. Now, in Bible times, there were also stirring events that have had an impact on us, you and me, and continue to have an impact upon the people at large around the world. There are the events, for instance, surrounding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They occurred, as you know, some 2,000 years ago in faraway pa Palestine, but they continue to recur in the news with steady regularity, even in the secular news as well, as I read just recently, but certainly in the religious news, particularly in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. On this Easter Sunday, I would like to cover with you somewhat in a broad way those stirring events with you. And may they have a fresh impact on all of us and have lingering blessed effects upon each and every one of us, young and old. And so let me do this by the following theme and uh, division. Jesus' resurrection triggered some stirring events. In the first place, in the realm of nature. Secondly, in the world of unbelievers. And then thirdly, in the life of believers. So first then, Jesus' resurrection stirred some stirring events, or triggered rather some stirring events, and then first of all in the realm of nature. Now, there are some stirring events in the realm of nature, especially around the resurrection, surrounding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read, for instance, in verse 2 of our text chapter, and behold, there was a great earthquake. Now, do not skim over those words too quickly. Literally interpreted, it says that there was a mega earthquake. Now, we know that the news media uh, tends to, to exaggerate things and speaks about a, 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 a bomb of, of a snow uh, fall or, or some other nonsense of exaggeration. But you can be sure that the Bible does not exaggerate this matter that lies before us. It was indeed a mega earthquake as it is in the original. There was this earthquake there, people the scale of which, if it happened today, would certainly, definitely hit the news and be all over the news media. In fact, this whole Easter weekend, starting on Good Friday, was marked with some stirring events in the realm of nature. We read, for instance, in Matthew 27, verse 45 already, that on Good Friday, that is, from noon until Three o'clock in the afternoon, a thick darkness descended over all the land. This was not just a mere sun eclipse, but the light of the sun and of the moon and of the stars and of the planets were actually turned off, and I would dare say turned off by the Lord God himself. And that for some three hours, some three hours, that resulted in an eerie, 
foreboding darkness unrivaled to this present time. We learn also that at the end of those three-hour darkness, right around the time that Christ died on the cross, there was this earthquake again, and that of the most unusual nature, because that earthquake actually coincided with the death of Jesus Christ, and it ripped rocks apart, it ripped boulders apart, and it opened numerous graves as well. You can read of this in Matthew 27, verses 51-53. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Can you imagine for a moment what the news broadcasters today would have done with this type of story? The headlines, I'm sure, would have been blazing. Black Friday, rock-shattering earthquake, graves opened, bodies exposed, dead Christians seen alive. More than one news reporter would certainly be standing near Golgotha with a mic in hand facing the camera and telling us with sobriety and with sobering analysis, this has been an unforgettable Easter weekend that will go down in the annals of history. Now, the question is, was it simple coincidence that all this happened on this same weekend of the Lord's death and resurrection? I personally do not believe that this was mere coincidence at all. But rather, all of this was the act of God, Almighty God, in the realm of nature, telling us that the death and the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, was a universal stirring event that every human being on this earth needs to pay the closest possible attention to. And that is what you and I need to do this hour as well. Well, because what happened on that Easter weekend, dear people, some 2,000 years ago, far outranks any presidential election, any type of COVID-19, any type of, uh, of closing of the Suez Canal. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the realm of nature, as it were, convulsed because of the horrendous crime human nature had committed on the Son of God. Creation itself, as it were, went into shock. And we have something similar reported to us in our text. And behold, there was this mega earthquake. And to be sure, this was not a minor tremor, a little tremor. This was nothing less than a seismic explosion within the bowels of the earth that erupted on the surface and tore up rocks and boulders and lands and no doubt also shook buildings as well. It was, as it says in our text literally, mega seismos, a great earthquake. And notice the wording of our text carefully. It says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Obviously, 
the angel coming down from heaven had something to do with this mega earthquake. Because it says, for or because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. The angel descended from heaven, therefore, was accompanied by a great, a mega earthquake. Now, angels have descended from heaven before, and that on several occasions, as you know. You can read of this in your Bible. But to my knowledge, such an angelic descent was never accompanied by an earthquake before. But this time it did. Why? Because something stirred in the realm of nature, and this time not with convulsion, but with excitement and joy. The realm of nature itself anticipated the resurrection and the rising from the dead of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You could say it this way, that the earth itself leaped of joy and that it expressed itself in the way it could do it, that is, in anticipation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you might say, well, that, that's a little bit too much to say, isn't it? It's a little bit over the top, don't you think? It's a little bit exaggerated of what I've just said. Well, let me uh, take you to the Apostle Paul for a moment, what he says, what happens in the realm of nature. He also spoke of the earth. He also spoke of the creation reacting to spiritual events. We read of that in Romans 8 and verse 22. For we know, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Well, anticipating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, creation was not groaning. Creation was not laboring with birth pangs. But creation was at this moment rejoicing that Jesus Christ could put off death and step out of the grave and show himself alive again. There was some mega stirring in the realm of nature at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dear people, this is indeed headline news material, isn't it? Which should stir your and my hearts and that of every person hearing this message or reading it. In the realm of nature, itself was stirred by it. And how cold and how hard is the man or woman, the boy or girl, who is not stirred by it and says, who cares? And I hope and pray that is not the case with any of us, but that there is something in us that says, yes, I want to hear more of those stirring events. Well, let's go on. Let's consider in the second place some stirring events in the world of unbelievers. Now, it is sometimes said that the death and resurrection has had really no impact whatsoever upon the world of unbelievers. It has been said that, that those who are not religious could really not care less as to what has happened on that Easter Sunday. I happen to disagree with it, and I trust you also disagree with this. Because what happened on that Easter weekend some 2,000 years ago 
did impact the unbelievers and the non-religious. It did stir them, and in fact, it stirred them very, very much. We read, for instance, in verse 4 of our text chapter, And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. In other words, when the angel descended from heaven, which at the same time produced a mega earthquake, those guards who had been placed at the tomb where Jesus was buried, and they had been placed there by the Jewish leadership, according to the agreement of the Romans, these guards, they fell down in horrible fright, they were shaken violently, they lost consciousness, and as it says, they became like dead men. The combination, therefore, of a descending angel and a mega earthquake was just too much for them. The world of unbelievers, therefore, cannot handle the great works of Almighty God. We know that, don't we? It is just too much for them. The death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, might have been orchestrated by the unbelievers, but they cannot handle the repercussions and the side effects of such an act. This is why the world of unbelievers chooses to ignore the gospel of Jesus Christ, both that of his death and of his resurrection. Because if they would really face the facts as they stand out, it would send them into a fearful spin and leave them like dead men on the ground. This is also why rank unbelievers do not wa want to darken the doors of the church because they are afraid to face the reality of life. That is their life. They are afraid that they might be convicted of their sins. The resurrection of Christ, therefore, has stirred the unbelieving world, but in most cases, very negatively, as if to say, let's keep it as far away from us as possible so that we won't be bothered by it. And this, of course, is also why it is so difficult to get unreligious people to come to church to listen to the Word of God proclaimed, even if they are warmly invited because they don't really want to be disturbed. They don't want to be roused from their false peace. Nevertheless, you and I, we need to keep trying, and that with warm invitations. As Christians, you and I, we need to do in order to bring the non-Christian and the non-religious person to hear the gospel. Why? Because they need to hear the gospel of life. We may have to speak to them in a simpler way from the pulpit, true enough. We may have to become more outgoing. We may have to be more outreaching to visitors. But unbelievers will remain dead men and dead women unless they hear the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Well, now back to those guards and the stir that was made in their unbelieving world. The story does not end with them being frightened and falling to the ground as dead men. Sometime after, 
they must have revived. They got up and they ran back to the city. We read, therefore, in verse 11 of our text chapter, Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. Now, listen carefully. There's something absurd about this. If I was one of those guards and ran away from my post of guard duty, I would in no way want to report to the authorities that I had run away from my post. I think I would have gone into hiding. But see how disturbed those guards were? They ran from their post of duty straight to the very authorities who actually have put them on guard duty. That, I would say, would be asking for trouble, to say the least. But now observe how the unbelieving world deals with this stirring event. You can read of that in the verses 12 through 15. To summarize it, the, the guards were paid off to go around and spread the news that the disciples had come and stole the body away while they, the guards, were asleep. And then catch this last sentence as well, verse 15. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. This is how the unbelieving world has dealt with and continues to deal with the stirring event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A most ridiculous lie has been concocted by some of them, spread around to the masses and accepted by the masses. Unbelievers, do you get it? Unbelievers prefer to believe a ridiculous lie rather than an obvious stirring of the truth. Just imagine for a moment... You're walking down the street and you meet one of those guards. Hey, I, I, I heard that the disciples uh, stole the body. Yeah, yeah. Um, it happened while, while I was asleep. Hmm. How do you know that disciples stole the body? You were sleeping. You see, there's something, something nonsense about this, isn't there? And this is what unbelievers still want to follow the nonsense that the devil, Satan, wants to present to them. And if there's anyone, and I hope and pray that is not the case, but if there's anyone listening to this message who is still that kind of an unbeliever, this is the problem that you have. You have been taught a lie. You have believed a lie and you are presently living a lie. And please, please listen up. Face the stirring reality, because if you don't, your end will not be pretty. Repent of being an unbeliever, therefore. Confess this in prayer and ask God to change your heart, give you life and hope and a future and the truth, even as it is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says in his word, after all, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that is totally opposite what the world presents 
to those who are still unbelievers. An unbelieving world is stirred enough by the events, rather the unbelieving world was stirred enough by the events some 2,000 years ago to turn radically into a lie. But it has at the same time left millions and millions of people spiritually dead. This proves again that the unbelieving world does not have the way, it does not have the truth, and it does not and it cannot present life. Well now, thankfully, this cannot be said about the stirring events around the resurrection of Christ in regard to believers. And so this is why I must speak to you in the, final, in the last place some stirring events in the life of believers. Now let me just pick up the storyline again of our text chapter. An angel has come down from heaven. A mega earthquake has occurred. The guards in sheer fright have fled the scene. The angel has rolled away the stone and is sitting upon it. And well, what then? Well, we must conclude, therefore, that about that same time, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, stepped out of the grave, and a most glorious, stirring, heart-stirring event it was. It is an event, dear people, so stirring that cannot be matched by any other event that ever happened or will ever happen other than when Christ will return from heaven. The Apostle Paul, in fact, was so ecstatic about it when he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can sing, therefore, with heart and with mouth, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Well, after Jesus stepped out of the grave and disappeared, some women came to the grave with plans to embalm the dead body of Jesus. And what those women saw at that time, at first initially made them afraid, but certainly nothing like the fright and horror that those guards previously had showed. The angel sitting on the stone answered the women, and said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Now, here is the difference between believers and unbelievers when faced with the stirring reality of life. Believers, yes, at times will show some fear at first, but they are very quickly restored by the Word of God and be encouraged by the Word of God while unbelievers will run away and will turn their backs to the reality presented by the gospel. And believers, yes, believers are human too. When they are faced with a stirring event, they do not shrug it off carelessly, particularly not such event as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. An element of fear, it might rise in the believers as to what all of this really means to them. But they always have recourse to the Word of God, that is, the Bible itself. And perhaps you too, my fellow believer, 
has some fearful thoughts about the stirring events that have happened in this world of ours today, and perhaps which have happened and will continue to happen for a while in your life. Perhaps you too have, have had times of some fearful thoughts about, about spiritual things, because the evil one is so quick to whisper in your ear things that are so deceptive. For instance, is all of this really true, what you read in your Bible and what you hear from the pulpit? Perhaps you are wrong, and perhaps the unbelievers are right, that there is no God, that there is no hell, that there is no heaven, that there is no judgment, and that there is no afterlife. Perhaps it is true that, that when you die, you will die like an animal, and you will be out of existence. Perhaps there is no salvation at all from sin, and on goes Satan with his lies, and the media has also been part of that as well. Well, let's put all those fearful thoughts aside, dear people. This is nothing but the evil one, the devil, tempting you to believe a lie. Keep your ears and your eyes and your heart close to the Word of God. This Word wants to assure you. This Word wants to encourage you, even as the angels did to the women who came to the gravesite. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Do you seek Jesus? Young people, boys and girls, do you seek Jesus? Well, don't be afraid. You will not be disappointed because He gives whatever you need when you trust in Him. Therefore, seek Him. Dear people, do not be afraid of the stirring events in this world that is hyped up by the media. Do not be anxious for what tomorrow will bring. Leave the stirring events of your life in the hands of this risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has ridden, risen from the dead, and He is alive forevermore. And therefore, keep seeking Jesus. Keep seeking Him. Keep needing Jesus. Keep calling on Jesus. Keep consulting Him. Keep praying to Him. Keep trusting in Him. Because He will never let you down. He will never disappoint you. He will come through for you. Believe it. These women, they were stirred by the events around the resurrection of Jesus. But they believed the word that the Lord is alive. The word that came to them from the angel of the Lord. Although at that point they did not yet see Jesus personally, but the risen Jesus soon afterward did appear to them. And we know that these events impacted them positively and that for life. They were told, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Verse 7a. And they obeyed without any hesitation. Because we read then in verse 8, they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. 
This, dear people, is a lesson for each one of us as well. This is how believers in our text passage were impacted by the stirring events around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They obeyed the word with fear, yes, but also with great joy. Indeed, with great joy. It is the same word as it describes the earthquake, with mega joy. Let us therefore also be stirred this hour to believe this great event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and let the Word and let the Holy Spirit be our spiritual media in order to stir us. Let us be impacted positively and obey the Word and bring the Word to others as well to tell others the good news which they need. And do it with mega joy, because Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that the message of your resurrection was surrounded by stirring events, so that we may pay attention, pay close attention, because your resurrection was phenomenal. And we thank you that you have made it known to the world through your word. And we pray that we may embrace it believingly, that we may entrust ourselves to you faithfully, and that we may walk in ways that are pleasing to you, that we too may be like these women, that we make haste to tell others about the good news. Lord Jesus, we pray that your life may be our life and that we may look forward to the day that if we are to die, we may be raised to life to see and embrace you, O Savior of sinners. Bless us now. Bless the congregation. Bless us as we go home. We pray for the pastor of this congregation and his wife and family. Grant him a great unction of the Spirit to proclaim the word from Lord's Day to Lord's Day. Bless the brothers, elders, and deacons. Give them much wisdom to guide this congregation in the right way. And bless each and every one of us, young and old. Keep us from harm and danger. And please forgive us our many sins. Blot them out in that precious blood of the risen Savior. In his name we pray and thank. Amen.